it's pretty crazy. Um, my whole position is coaching people on how to identify the life they want, uh, set the goal, uh, visualize it, and work the plan. And that is really what I do all day, every day. And the crazy part is, I've done it for myself now a few times, and I'm getting better at it. And what I want to say today is, um, I guess I know one of my weak spots is that I don't share the struggle along the way. I don't share enough of what it is to, uh, you know, um, what's the word for it? Um, per persevere, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. So today I want to talk about what the struggle is. So recently I sent out kind of a summary of what I've accomplished in the last 18 months since basically the pandemic began in this world of ours. And actually I've been more uh, productive, more focused, and happier than I have in probably the last 10 years during the pandemic. And one of the reasons I attribute to this, this happiness is uh, I, f I feel and I believe the pandemic caused me to take my gratitude for my life and really, really drill deep into what that means to be grateful to be alive. So when half a million people, and maybe now it's more, dive in a pandemic, um, and you know that most of them, it's 2% of Americans um, that were affected, but you know that most of them are seniors um, or people that are medically fragile and maybe a few others. Not to diminish their lights or their lives or their souls, every one of us has equal importance. But when you realize that, it makes you, it pauses me and makes me want to think about the lives that those people lost and were they lives worth living in the first place? Were they lives that they were happy with? Um, and so any one of us could die any day from anything, right? I mean, a meteor could hit us, lightning, you could choke and be dead tomorrow. You don't know. You could be allergic to bees and not know it and get stung and die. So life is, there are no guarantees. There is no safety. There is no corner you can back into and hide from life. So knowing that, we must then push harder to design the life we want to live, correct? That's how I see it. So this pandemic caused me to drill deep on gratitude. So I want to start by saying my gratitude for um, this country that allows me the freedom to be who I want to be. And it's not perfect. I don't think it is. However, it's the greatest experiment that's ever happened in modern times to have people from all over the world, all the religious beliefs, all the races, all the cultural beliefs, political and otherwise personal beliefs, to be in a melting pot such as ours. That is singularly amazing. So I will never let go of my gratitude for where I was born um, into. Actually, I realize how damn lucky I am because oftentimes I tell people luck had very little to do with it. But in this situation, luck had everything to do with it. We don't get to choose our parents. And I'm very, very grateful that I was born here. So with that said, the next thing I decided during this pandemic 
to double down on my efforts was this idea of getting incredibly masterful at what I allow into my head. I am to the point now where I I absolutely don't watch the news. I don't watch or listen to pretty much uh, anyone anymore, to be honest with you. I'm to the point now where I spent a decade reading self-help books and business books and books to, you know, give you tactics and strategies and, you know, all these books that they've been amazing too, by the way, lots of amazing books and lots of inspirational authors have really, you know, sparked in me this, this new life that I live. However, this pandemic it was so fear-based, so incredibly fear-based and divisive um, that it has caused me to t- completely unplug from the news uh, because in the end, I really believe that the only life I can affect is mine. So I have to affect and change my own life before I can expect that my own impact will have a ripple effect on any other lives. So that's the second thing that has happened in these last, um, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I have accomplished a lot. I'm not going to go into all the details, but just know that I bought and sold more real estate in the last 12 months, personally, my own investments than I've had in the last 10 years, if not 20. I have hit goals that were lofty 10 years ago. I announced I would become a national real estate coach and I hit those goals. Um, I actually hit them about three years ago, but I elevated my game in the last year during the pandemic. I um, aligned with people that were more closely in line with what I wanted to um, bring to my clients. So that was amazing. So these goals of health and wealth and vision and happiness and how we spend our most precious commodity time, how I spend it, instead of just outlining more financial goals for myself, I also outlined how I want to spend my most precious commodity and that is my time. And so I decided from April to October, I would take one week a month and spend it with my family. So for me, that's a big deal. It's a very intentional goal and it's been amazing so far. So these are the things that I've managed to achieve during this last year and a half. And I realize that's just some of the things, again, not going to go um, item by item, but I realize I don't oftentimes or share enough the struggles that I face every single day. Mindset is a tricky thing, you guys. It took me a lot of years to get in front of it and on top of it and control it. Um, Gratitude and controlling what you let into your mind in the first place are two major, major tactics or strategies I use to stay in front of it. However, I am going to tell you the struggle for me is... Um, psychological and physical. So I am a person with an autoimmune disorder. Um, I do not know on any given day what I'm going to face with my health, what I'm going to wake up with. Some days I wake up and my feet don't work. I can't walk really for like days on end. And then I get in front of that and I get that corrected. And then other times 
I can't move my neck. Um, for six weeks this year already, I had a um, what they call an autoimmune flare of my spinal cord. So from basically the base of my back all the way up to the um, bottom of my skull had become inflamed to the point where I couldn't turn my head um, I have vision issues. I'm practically legally blind. Um, you can probably see that on my Zoom calls when I'm wearing my glasses. My eyes look almost like caricatures, um, possibly even Disney-like. Well, that's because the magnification of my glasses is so strong so that I can see what I'm doing. So these are some of my struggles. Um, energy due to battling these um, autoimmune flares, you know, these joint issues, all of it. And I'm also midlife. So I have hormonal issues due to menopause. Um, you know, just all of it, sleep issues, you name it. And I am obsessed with nutrition and being better and better to my body. So I work very hard at improving. And yet at the same time, the struggle is real. I mean, honest to God, I just don't know what I'm going to get any given day. Today, for example, I had a titanium screw placed in my upper jaw because I had um, a condition called absorption where basically my autoimmune issue has is reabsorbing some of my teeth. Basically, my own body is attacking my teeth. And so I had to have a tooth pulled. It was almost a year process um, of removing it. And then I had to get a bone graft. And now today I got a titanium um, screw placed in there. Boy, well, that was an interesting experience. So um, that's one of the struggles. I don't want to go into that any further. I know it's kind of boring you to death right now. The next struggle psychologically is... It is hard. I will admit when I'm in pain and I my back hurts, my feet hurt, it's hard to force myself to want to exercise. It's hard to want to even go to work, to be honest with you. Um, so that takes a lot of meditation, a lot of um, breathing exercise. I use um, sound therapy, all kinds of things like that to counterbalance just the mindset to get going. In addition to that, I have relationship issues just like everyone else. Um, you know, I have three children. They're all grown. They all have their own unique personalities and their unique challenges and unique demands of me. Each one of them is very different. I have two grandchildren that I worry about all the time and that I miss all the time. So there is a tiny bit of heartbreak in there because, you know, I would really like to see them more often than I do. So I have to get over, kind of get over that mindset. That empty nest syndrome is something that um, I've been working on for a while now. My youngest child is now 21. It's taking me a little bit though to wrap my head around the idea that I am no longer part of a roving, moving, large family unit. At one time, we had three kids at home um, and three neighbor kids were also part of our life because of due to their parents. Um, two of the kids, their parents passed away and one of the child, her mom was actually diagnosed with stage four cancer, breast cancer, and she also subsequently passed away. So for about five years, I had about six kids minimum in and out of my life, homework, dinners, um, sporting events, activities, you name it. So um, also I was heavily involved in, at a point in my life with volunteerism, um, Grace for the Cure, Habitat for Humanity, Homeland Security, um, First Responder, uh, you name it. I was part of it, Girl Scouts USA, on and on and on. So 
I've psychologically had to struggle with the transition of understanding that I'm no longer part of this large family anymore in the way I used to be. Of course, I still am. We still are a family, but my family lives in different states. And so, yeah, that's the other struggle. There's also the struggle of um, staying fresh and staying motivated. I have the same struggles you do. And really, what I want to say to that, speak to that, is I just found things that I can do that are so rewarding that the reward, the process of doing them is the reward unto itself. So in other words, I started writing about three years ago. I always wanted to write. I talked about writing for 15 years. I never wrote. Um, in 2011, I started a blog and I was very inconsistent at it. Um, by 2017, I had made it a uh, mission to write a book and I wrote the book and I'm still editing that book because I'm not quite sure if that book, um, if it's going to morph altogether and be a different book. I'm not sure yet what I want to do, but the first book has to be, you know, a great statement. It can't be sloppy. So I have picked up my game with writing. So what I want to say to you is I realized it was very relaxing for me and living in Minnesota, you know, I made a commitment to walk every single day um, for a year. Well, that lasted about 66 days and then we hit that negative 40 below wind chill and that kind of put a chink in my chain. And so I was unable to keep that promise to myself, um, but you know, again, health issues and weather issues. I'm not looking for excuses, but I totally have to be realistic here and reality based. And so I decided that, you know, writing was always something that I wanted to do more of. So I made a commitment to write every day. And now I have been for about 90 days and it's singularly transformed my motivation for my big why. So when I talk about my big why, my big why, to be honest with you, is to build such a life of passive income that I can go and do whatever I want, whenever I want. I want to, and I'm not talking like lay around and fish and be on vacation. I'm talking about constructing a life where the passive income that you create can help you fund the parts of the other businesses that you'd like to grow. For example, for me, I'd like to start publishing, publish my first book and then publish more books and then work on projects with workshops and um, retreats and other content and products that will help build the lives of others because that is my passion. Building the lives of others is not necessarily my why. My why is building my life. My passion is to help others do the same and to if affect them in such a way that even if they, you know, learn just a little bit from me and I get them incrementally closer to their goal, then I have succeeded at what I'm intending to do. So for me, finding that activity that has caused me to get lost in the activity, you know, it's kind of like when you were a kid, what did you fantasize about? What did you daydream about? What could you think about and then suddenly be startled back into reality? Oh, shoot, there's a storm coming. I've been sitting at the park this long. You know, what is that thing? Is it an activity? Is it a thought process? Is it a place? You know, and once you identify that, 
It's amazing how you can get lost in the process, and it's so healing, and it is almost borderline meditative. I, I feel like I am in another zone. I'm in that flow when I am writing. And, uh, and so it has to be um, on those moments where I'm inspired to write. I can't just sit down and force myself to write. It is definitely one of those things that has to be triggered by inspiration. So again, full circle back to what I allow into my mind. Do you think that if I watch tonight news about Israel and Palestine bombing the hell out of each other, if I can get off of the news and then go sit down and start writing something motivational or inspirational? Uh, no, not at all. So this is that full circle moment about boundaries that I always talk about. I know I repeat myself ad nauseum about these boundaries, but really, you guys, it's about identifying the life you want. How do you want to spend these golden things called the hours of your life? And once you can identify it, put it into a visual package. How does it look? Where are you located? Are you in the mountains? Are you by the ocean? Are you in a, on a farm? You know, are you a self-sustaining farm? Get very detailed about this visual, this, this visualization of your life. You can almost smell the clover on the field of that self-sustaining farm that you are building. So that is the second part. And then you must set a deadline for that goal because if you don't set a deadline, it will never happen. It's kind of like you'll always miss a target that you can't see. Well, if you, you will always miss a deadline that you don't know what it is as well. So the goal is the deadline, really. And it's okay if you don't hit the deadline. It's about having an awareness and where to aim. So if you say the deadline is three years from now, 36 months from now, I am going to own a self-sustaining farm, then... You know, this is the, the part that I excel at, that as a focus coach, I teach you how do we work that backwards? What needs to happen today so that you can get to that place in three years? So it's really more of a working backwards. Well, then what needs to happen? So three years, you have the farm. So what needs to happen in two years? What needs to happen in one year? What needs to happen in six months? What needs to happen in three months? What needs to happen next week? What can you do today? What's the one thing you can do today that would prepare you for next week? And so on and so forth. So those are the things that I do to get on top of a the struggle. So again, you know, um, I have incredible uh, children, incredible family. I have an incredible life partner and husband, my husband, Mike. So I would like to tell you I'm very lucky, but I know the work that I put in to develop myself personally, to get to a place where I have these relationships, where I have this great marriage, where I have these great relationships with my children and grandchildren and friends, colleagues, and other people that inspire me. You know, it is work, but here's the deal. It always comes back to that choose your heart. So life is hard. And we just have to be very reality-based about it. So it's going to be hard to suffer, but it's going to be hard to succeed. So which one do you choose? Well, I'm going to choose to succeed because I guess I'd rather get my scuffs and bruises and cuts on the way up than on the way down. So it's going to be hard either way. So you can be a victim or you can be a victor. So I, I refuse to be a victim and... 
you know, I think that's the position that I also take this absolute refusal to feel sorry for yourself because it is a thing that I've noticed kind of percolating up a little bit in our culture and in some of the people that I work with. This idea that somehow, you know, maybe even a generation got kind of, you know, ripped off or something, which is absolutely not true. I also had $100,000 in student loans. I also took a college education that didn't get me a job when I got out. I also didn't have parents that had money to give me, you know, some kind of stable beginning in life. I also didn't get a $10,000 wedding gift or a down payment on a house. On and on and on and on. So, you know, and I'm not uh, super young. I'm almost 55 years old. So I have almost the identical story of someone who's maybe 25 and 35 right now. Identical. So again, you can't even say, oh, well, when you were young, things were different. Uh, not for me. They weren't. I had zero support financially, zero support emotionally. Um, and maybe... I mean, if there were anything that might be different, obviously, it's this idea that people talk about uh, social media is so pressureful. But again, let's take it all the way back to what I just said to you about boundaries. Well, then freaking shut it off. It's just a phone. It's just a laptop. If you can't uh, um, disengage from social media, then that's an addiction. And that's a whole other conversation we need to have. So addictions are different than real um you know, obviously, no, addictions are real, but I'm saying to you, addiction to the internet is way different than just feeling insecure that you can't get up and do what you need to do. You know, um, the people that might sneer at you, say insulting things to you, well, if you power your phone down or take Facebook off your phone or delete your account, guess what? They can't reach you. So again, this is about building that boundary around your mental health. This is about building that boundary that serves you to go back to where I told you, go back to that visualization of the ideal life that you want to live. Because I guarantee you that the journey is the joy. The journey is the part that is enjoyable. It's never getting to the end result. And I really believe that people nowadays really just want to get to the get to the end. They don't want to experience the in-between, the suffering, the struggle, the strife, the climbing. It's all part of it. You don't get to become the person you want to become unless you go through the process of becoming that person. So it's not like you turn a switch and suddenly you get to have what you want. It doesn't work that way. You have to turn into the person that can attract what you want. And how do you turn into that person? You turn away from the influence of others. Because honestly, if you if you let your guard down and you just let the world in to your dining room, Everyone is going to come and feast at your table and everyone's going to have an opinion and everyone is going to influence you. So why would you want to do that? In fact, Napoleon Hill had 13 success, um, you know, uh, principles and one of them was keep your own counsel. And what he meant by that is, and this is on my, um, on the questionnaire on the website as well. One, um, what he means by that is do not seek the opinions of others 
First, seek your own research, seek your own intuition, seek your own history, seek your own success. What is the evidence of your success? And then use that as your springboard for more. And if you absolutely have to seek the counsel of others, make sure it is trusted wise advisors in your life. People who truly are your raving fans and cheerleaders who want to see you succeed. So this kind of concludes, we're at almost 24 minutes and I don't want to go too long. I know I'm kind of on a soapbox now. I just wanted to record this today to let you know that I don't share it often enough, the true struggle that I experience with my life. And you know, at one time, my struggle was more financial. Uh, another time, my struggle was emotional, um, relational. You know, the struggles never really fully disappear. The struggles morph and change, and it's kind of like the whack-a-mole game, you know? You smack one down and another one appears. Well, that's just life. And as you get better and work into mastery and have boundaries and discipline and habits around your life, you can more quickly identify the wrong path and pivot and move back into the right lane for yourself. So this is not about being able to remove all the struggles. This is about being able to identify things more quickly, um, lean into the mastery that you've developed for yourself, pivot and keep moving and watch your time be more quality. Watch your experiences be much higher and feel better about where you're going in your life. That's what this is about. So if you have any questions for me, you guys know where you can reach me. I'm one thing coach Lisa Z at gmail.com or businessandlifecoaching.com, Lisa at businessandlifecoaching.com. Um, you can reach me. I'm the Atomic Ninja Butterfly on Facebook and the Atomic Ninja Butterfly on Instagram as well. And so if you have any questions at all, I look forward to hearing from you. Um, and that's about all I have to say today. Just keep powering through and do those things that you need to do to live the life you want to live. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.